Do you ever feel like you miss what is right in front of you? Do you ever feel like you're looking for something and it's actually not lost until you go and ask your mom and she's the one that can find it? Or do you ever feel like you're in a conversation with your friends and they're talking about something and you don't even know what they're talking about? Do you ever feel like you miss the point? I feel like I see this portrayed in pop culture a lot. And in some of my favorite TV shows, we all love laughing at the characters that just can't seem to get a grip on what's going on. I'm talking about Joey and Phoebe from Friends, Rose from Golden Girls, Andy Dwyer from Parks and Recreation, Woody from Cheers, and my very favorite, Kirk from Gilmore Girls. In today's lesson, from a piece of scripture, we're going to see some people who miss the point. They just don't seem to see what's right in front of them. I want to, again, welcome you all to Crosswalk Worship here this morning. For those of you who are joining us online, we are so thankful that you've decided to um, tune in and stream with us. And for those of you here in person, we are also thankful that you are with us as well. Uh, my name is Carrie Lynn Lucas, and I serve here on our pastoral staff at Lover's Lane. I have to be very, very honest with you all this morning, as I tend to be. I am exhausted. Um, it's kind of a miracle that I am not falling asleep while standing up. Um, I had a triple this morning from the Spire right down here, our little coffee shop. Um, because this week I have been away on a mission trip with some of our youth and young adults right here from Lover's Lane. We went down to Victoria, Texas, and we did some work on houses that were impacted by Hurricane Harvey. And we had an incredible week of mission together. I am so thankful to be part of a church that uplifts service in such an important way, especially with our youth and our young adults. One of the things I love about volunteering with the youth is that they are so eager to serve on mission. They will do anything that you ask them to do on a work site. I had a seventh grade boy at one point who was perhaps a little too excited to kill about five wasp nests that were in a grill. Um, he like banged on it and opened it up and sprayed them. He was probably too excited for that. Um, I had another youth, she's sitting in this room right now, who spent about an hour and a half underneath the floor of a house rolling around in the mud that didn't smell so great, um, who was there to help us move some paneling underneath. And um, every single person on my team at my work site used some kind of an electric saw, even the seventh grade boy. I love the enthusiasm of our youth. I love how quickly they move to get things done, but I have noticed something pretty interesting about their enthusiasm over the last few years. Our youth are so excited to get things done that sometimes they perhaps ask a key question a little too quickly. Here's what I mean. A youth can come up to me and say, Carrie Lynn, Carrie Lynn, Carrie Lynn, where's my coffee mug? And I'll have to tell them, it's right, it's right in front of you. It, it, it's right there. This became so... Um, Prevalent last year that I um, jokingly but somewhat seriously invented a new rule. Um, and that rule is, what is it, Haven? Look before you ask. 
um, the, the new rule that with our students is that if they're looking for an item, they must look every possible place that it can be before coming and asking one of our adults where it is. Because most of the time, it's right in front of them. They love to work hard, but sometimes they miss what's right in front of them. So in our scripture from today, we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Remember that Luke is found in your New Testament, and it is a book of the Bible called a gospel. It's just a funny word for books of the Bible that are about the life and teachings of Jesus. So to catch you up, what's been happening to this point in the Gospel of Luke is that Jesus has called his disciples, and they have been following him. Jesus has healed people, and he's performed miracles, and the disciples have been listening to his teachings. They've seen him perform miracles, and they've heard him talk about the kingdom of God. And right before this section that we're going to see in chapter 9 today, Peter says to Jesus, I know that you are the Messiah. I know that you are the Son of God. So the disciples up to this point have been doing a pretty good job. They're understanding, they're following Jesus' commandments, they're paying attention. They've been using the authority that Jesus gives them to go out and perform miracles and to proclaim that the kingdom of God is coming. But, as you all know, one of my favorite indoor sports is making fun of the disciples. So you know where this is going. They miss what is right in front of them. So like I said, we're going to read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. And if you don't mind, um, will you go ahead and stand as we read together? This is what scripture says. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter, John, and James, and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. That's his crucifixion. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from a cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was all alone. And they kept silent in those days and told no one any of the things that they had seen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Say thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. So we're going to take some time to unpack what's happening here. So Jesus takes up Peter, James, and John to go up onto this mountain. Now, I love referring to Peter, James, and John as the big three because it's faster for me to say. So Jesus takes the big three with him. These three are very important characters in Jesus' ministry. Like, 
If you were to make a March Madness bracket of the most important disciples, you probably should have one of the big three entering into your championship. Peter. We know that Peter is really bold. Remember, Peter is the one who walks on water with Jesus. Just before this section in chapter 9, he's the one to proclaim that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Peter also boldly gets into some trouble later on. Remember, he's the one to deny Jesus when he's being taken to be crucified. But Peter is also redeemed by Jesus after his resurrection. We also know from the book of Acts that Peter spent the rest of his life building up the early church. Peter's pretty bold. James. We know that James is actually one of the first disciples to follow Jesus. And he's also the first one to be martyred for his faith later on. James is also brothers with John. And together they're lovingly referred to as the Sons of Thunder, which is a super cool nickname. Um, but this is because of their boldness. At one point, they're the ones that ask Jesus, hey, who's going to sit at your right side up in heaven? Can it be us? And then they get in some trouble. John, who is the brother of James, one of the sons of thunder, is traditionally understood to be the disciple whom Jesus loved. People like to say that Jesus doesn't have favorites, but if you really had to ask me, I would say that John was Jesus' favorite. We know that John also spent his life building up the early church, and he's given credit for a few of the letters in our New Testament. So Jesus takes the big three. These three men who are bold, who are known for saying things and doing things that aren't popular. He takes them up on a mountain, and they follow him, and then he prays. And then this is where it gets weird. Jesus' appearance changes before them. It says that he becomes dazzling white, which is sort of insane to imagine, right? But then it gets even more weird. Two men appear with Jesus and start talking to him. Remember that for Jewish people in this day and age, Moses and Elijah are two very important characters. The way I like to think about this is if you sat Peter, James, and John down and you asked them, what person, alive or dead, would you like to have dinner with? One of the three is going to mention Moses or Elijah. They're pretty important. Both of these characters are big pillars in our Old Testament scriptures. Remember, Moses is the one who leads the Israelite people out of Egyptian slavery and leads them to the promised land. Elijah is a prophet and a miracle worker, and he was known for leading the other prophets during the kingdom times of Israel's history. These two Old Testament characters have a lot in common. They are incredible leaders throughout Israel's history, just like the big three who are incredible leaders in the early church. Moses and Elijah had important conversations with God on top of mountains. So isn't it interesting that the two of them appear with Jesus on top of a mountain with the big three watching? For these three Jewish men, this was a big deal. 
and how I wish the story ended there. How I wish the disciples understood what wonderful gift they had been given. They had seen the scriptures of old being fulfilled with Jesus who is dazzling white right in front of them. But God bless sweet Peter, he opens his mouth. Remember that verse 33 tells us that Peter says to Jesus, he says, Master, it is such a good thing that we were here with you because we'll, we'll build some houses for you guys to stay on top of this mountain. Peter was so excited about what he had just seen. I have to wonder, did he think that this was the pinnacle moment of his life? Is this his mountaintop moment? He wanted to preserve it. He wanted to build dwellings or houses or temples for the three of them to stay. But Peter misses what's right in front of him. Peter wants to get right to work. Do you know anyone like that? Are you like that? These are the kinds of people that get so excited about a project that they forget to gather the necessary materials that are needed for that project. These are the types of people who don't necessarily think about the consequences of what they're going to do. They just kind of figure it out as they go. Peter is one of these people. He misses what's right in front of him. He misses that in, right in front of him is God's own son. The man who represents the Old Testament law, Moses. And the man who represents the Old Testament prophets, Elijah. Peter says he wants to build houses for the three of these to stay on top of a mountain away from the people. As soon as Peter says this, God's audible voice comes down. And there's a cloud that overtakes the people. And truthfully, if I had to write my own translation of this scripture, I would say everyone starts freaking out. God says, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. And then Moses and Elijah are gone. And Jesus is standing there all alone. But then the author of the Gospel of Luke chooses to take the time to make a really interesting point at the end of this story. Remember the very last verse, what it said? And they kept silent. And in those days, they told no one of the things that they had seen. They kept silent. These three bold, loud men who we've seen get in so much trouble for the things that they say can't manage to speak a word of the miracle that had transfigured right before them. They saw the two important pillars of the Jewish faith, and then they saw Jesus dazzling, white, and glowing, and they never thought to mention a word. They were with at least nine other men who might believe them. The other disciples had seen Jesus perform miracles. Everything was out of the ordinary now. But they don't even mention it to them once. The big three fail to witness to the miracle that happens right in front of them. They miss the point. This event is called the transfiguration. 
And I think it's one of the most interesting pieces of text in our Bible. I think it's fair to say that it's a pinnacle moment in our Bible because it takes everything that's in this book and it puts it all together. Old Testament and New Testament appear together in one place for a single moment. This is a moment where it's pretty difficult to deny that Jesus is in fact the Son of God, is God's very own self in human form. And the people who experienced it in real time didn't want to tell anybody about it. In the life of the church, we are in a season called Lent. This is a time in traditions like our United Methodist tradition between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday. During Lent, we spend time spiritually preparing for Easter. And lots of people do this through prayer and fasting. So a lot of people take time for this spiritual preparation by giving something up or fasting from things. I know a lot of people who are abstaining from things like alcohol, meat, sweets, television, and yes, even social media. People do this so that they can focus their time and their energy on spiritual preparation. Like, here's an example. If a person is fasting from, let's say, sweets for Lent, it's almost guaranteed that somebody's going to bring like five dozen cupcakes into the office the next day. And the person who's fasting from sweets gets the opportunity to say no and then walk away and pray, God, help me want you as much as I want that delicious cupcake. We give things up so that we might be able to recognize God working in our lives that we might be able to see it a little more clearly. I think that we also give things up so that we don't miss what's right in front of us. I'm not talking about a weird, trippy transfiguration like what the big three saw, but perhaps a transfiguration of another kind. God's presence through the Holy Spirit is right in front of us. The Holy Spirit is right here. It is right in front of you. I don't want to be like Peter and build a house or a box to contain the Holy Spirit and to keep it from other people. I want the Holy Spirit to be everywhere. And it is. A lot of the time, pastors get asked this question. Where can I find God? Is it in my church attendance? Is it when I pray? Is it when I read scripture? And the answer to those questions is yes, absolutely. But that's not the only place where you can find God. I believe you can find God at work. You can find God in traffic. You can find God at the grocery store. You can find God in the cries of babies. You can find God in music, even the kind not written to worship God. And I have to believe that you can find God in food. 
through the Holy Spirit, God is transfigured in our world today, even in the most unlikely spaces. Like this week, I saw God in the mission work that we did. I saw God in the looks on the faces of the homeowners who were so thankful for a new floor in their living room. But I also saw God in unlikely spaces. Like a seventh grade boy who was really excited to open up a grill and spray some wasps. I saw God in the joy on our students' faces when we told them that we were having pancakes for dinner. And I even saw God in the fact that by the end of the week, most of the students had figured out the rule and started looking for things before they asked the adults. So where can you find God? How can you look for the ways in which God is transfiguring right in front of you? And unlike the disciples, do me a favor and don't be silent about it. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell about it. Post about it. Let the world know that you are experiencing the transfiguration. And the next time that you feel tempted to ask the question, God, where are you? Do me a favor. Look.